Welcome back. Hour number two. We are live. We are in the media center. We are here in Las Vegas, Nevada, getting ready for Super Bowl 58. The Chiefs, the 49ers, and it's been a banner uh, start to the day, we'll say. And uh, uh, this portion of the program, by the way, brought to you by friends over there at the JNL Tyrant Service Center. We certainly appreciate Lyle and his staff and all the philanthropic work that they do. They're in Watertown and in Johnson Creek, either place, absolutely positively fantastic. Uh, and if you stop in, you can see for yourself. Uh, joining us uh, again, this is nice because we get a double dip today. Uh, this week of, of Maggie Gray. How you been? Bill, thanks for having me back. So you, I can't you, get enough of no, you. No, no. This Here's the thing. I know we're going to talk Bucks basketball. <laughs> well, yes. I insisted You stood on up it. in a wedding yesterday. I did. Did you even know the people? No, absolutely not. Scott Explain Michelle what the hell Denver. happened here. So my co-host, Andrew Perloff, you, you guys might know him as McLovin from yes. the Dan Patrick Show for, t- for 12 years. Well, now we do a morning show on CBS Sports Radio, and we're thinking, what are the things we've always wanted to do when going to Vegas? Well, we're both happily married to other people, so we're not getting married. <laughs> but we thought maybe we could go see a real Elvis-themed wedding. So I made a couple phone calls, and lo and behold, Scott and Michelle were renewing their vows, and they were big sports fans, and they had us come with their friends and family. Elvis officiated the wedding. Really? Walked the bride down the aisle, sang a Do few songs. Do you have pictures of this? I've got pictures. I've got video. Did you put it on your, like, your... your... We're cutting the video now. Okay. And I've got photos. We decided we needed a dress for the occasion, so we got matching tuxedo shirts. That was shirts. fantastic. I saw you yesterday, Just... <laughs> and I said, what, what, what the hell? Is it Vegas? And you said, no, I'm going to a wedding. Yep. Little Vegas Chapel. They do a, they do a, a, a really great job. And you want to know what? So, obviously, it's a little cheesy. But it was very touching. It was an emotional moment. Really, it, it really felt like we were, you know, at a at a wedding. Did like Elvis sing a uh, hunk of hunk of burning love or oh, something? Oh yeah, or? it was it was all the hits. You get three <laughs> songs in the package. That's oh my god! <laughs> yeah, that is awesome. Yeah, that is he, awesome. He looked like Elvis, and also very much dedicated to the voice yeah. and the persona and it was the real deal it was so you're here early in the morning with yeah. us you come on the program you do your own show you go officiate you go stand up in a wedding and yep. then i see you at media night last night you're back here early again today i know this is the that's super a full bowl day man this is the super bowl week life. holy crap yeah. yeah that's that's amazing stuff so uh not only for those that don't know not only do you talk sports and a lot of nfl you uh, do the nba as well yeah so give we me your thoughts on the doc river well, uh, Doc Rivers hire. So my boss is from Philadelphia. My co-host is from Philadelphia. Yeah. So they laughed and they laughed and they laughed about Doc Rivers. Oh, I know. You, you needed a coach to get your team over the hump. That's not what Doc Rivers does. I mean, he is a championship, you know, champion winning coach with the Celtics. But it's been a while and it's a what have you done for me lately league. You know, here's the thing about Doc. We know he's good at managing egos mm-hmm. and I it clearly wasn't working with Adrian Griffin. Mm-hmm. So as a sports fan, let me take myself out of it. As a sports fan, what would you rather happen? Continue with the coach, even if it's a bad fit, and go down this path where right. it's dysfunctional and guys are checked out, or do you realize you made a mistake, have to admit it, and then have to do do something about yeah. it, and Doc was the guy available? It's a little almost, I think, like Kyle Shanahan had to admit that the Trey Lance trade was a mistake. I mean, Trey Lance got hurt. They mm-hmm. trade up to get him. He got hurt, and they had to say, listen, Brock Purdy is actually our guy. We have to eat a little crow, but Brock Purdy's our guy. I guess I'll give the organization some credit. They whiffed on the coaching hire, but at least they did something about right. it, and your season's not lost. Okay, now here's my next question. Yeah. Was Damian Lillard the right get, getting rid of your defender and Drew Holiday? Okay, so yes. Okay. Because 
I'm reading a lot of things online, and we'll see what happens on Thursday, where it yeah. looks like the Bucks are going to be major players at the trade deadline. I know the Lakers are saying that, and everyone else is saying yeah. it, but you know, your team is actually basically healthy. You know, yeah. maybe that gives you a leg up, and you can put together. You know, you're the ones who really need just a defensive, a couple. Uh, one more really good defender because you know that Dave's not going to bring that part mm -hmm. of it, but you knew that to begin with. So maybe you change that at the trade deadline and things start to look a little bit different. For my you. my thought was Jay Crowder is going to be the X factor. X factor. Yeah. Um, and I really thought. I mean, obviously he got banged up, but I really thought that this guy was going to have this major impact. Yeah, and then they didn't, guy. Yeah, they then didn't use him. Yeah. And it, it last year, and, and he sat, and I'm like, well, maybe he just got in the doghouse. Maybe there was something going on there. And then, obviously, this year has not worked out the, the way they had wanted it to. But I thought it would be Jay Crowder. And then they've had other, you know, I, I watched this team, and I hate to use the word lazy or disinterested. But that's what comes to mind when I watch this team. Now, granted, defense, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a lot of teams in the NFL. Yeah, sure. Or, excuse me, in the, in NBA. the NBA. But it it, it's not what it was a couple of years ago. And I'm like, where is that junkyard dog? And it was P.J. Tucker. That was the guy that, yeah. that came in and said, I need to kick ass because nobody else on this team is kicking ass. And then everybody fed off of that energy. Yeah, and hold the guys accountable. And then Philadelphia tried to recreate that yep. with P.J. Tucker because they thought with Harden and with Embiid and, you right. know, that it would work. But, yeah, those guys are really important. But if DeJounte Murray is out there and if that's going to be true from Atlanta and you get him and he yep. can play some defense for you, I think you can change your fortunes here. Listen, look at how you still have a top two, three player in the league, right. wherever you want to put Giannis, top one. I mean, you have a guy and he's motivated. I know he – listen, I didn't love how he traded the offseason. This is kind of something that we have just become accustomed to, which mm -hmm. is star players essentially holding the organization hostage to try to make moves for right. them. And, you know, I didn't love that. I don't love the passive-aggressive stuff on podcasts and doing interviews with the New York Times. You know, I don't think you need to do all that to send the message to the front office, hey, I need you to right. make a move. Right. But they did do it. And they did acquiesce. And so I think he's got to hold some – he has to have some accountability for this. I agree. And, I look, he brought a championship to Wisconsin right. and to Milwaukee. So he is on a different level pedestal. He is Rodgers. He is Favre. You go back to Robin Yount and the guys, you sure. know, he's at that level. But I agree with you. There's got to be an accountability because he's the guy that sold into all of this and signed off on all of this. Oh, definitely. And so this is what we need to do. And then all of a sudden when things fall apart, it's like, well, you know, not, a, not that he's finger-pointing, but it's like – at some point, you got to gather the troops and say, you know, we're the ones that are responsible for this. Right. Adrian Gifford got fired because we decided we were a lazy basketball team. Right. So, to me, I agree with you 100%. It's well, like a sacrilege thing to have in the state of Wisconsin because he did bring a championship sure. there. But, no, he's as accountable as anybody else. Well, and listen, to be honest, whether this is fair or not fair, when it comes to the NBA, it's all about rings, multiple. Yep. And when you have a talent like Giannis, I hate to say this. I don't think this is fair, but this is just how it is. One might not be enough. You guys live this with Aaron Rodgers. Yep. This is the big thing. How do you only have one is like the question yeah. when you have this amazing talent. And football is more of a team sport even than basketball. And if you only get one ring, it's going to feel like there was meat still left on the bone. And and I think Giannis knows that more than anyone. And, you know, the funniest part about the whole coach switch was when they asked Giannis, and he was like, I was as surprised as anyone. <laughs> like, yeah, no. <laughs> it was an amazing moment. I mean, yeah, no, high, no. high comedy. Yeah, he, he knew everything that was going on, I'm and, sure. And, you know, he might, 
maybe that's not a bad thing. Right. I, a lot, you know, you guys, again, you saw it with Rodgers, you know, players having a lot of say in what happens in the front office. It's the reality of today. Right. No, I completely agree with you. So you tell me, if you look at the hierarchy of the Eastern Conference right yeah. now, I think Boston is still the best team. Yeah. Uh, just because of the most complete team, and they do so many different things yeah. well. Where do the Bucks fall in that? I you, think they're two. You think they're two? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I know I work in New York, and so everyone thinks this is now the Knicks team that's going right. to you know take on all comers. Jalen Brunson's going to be right. an MVP. My producer's a Knicks fan. He wants to put Jalen Brunson's like you know jersey in the rafters next <laughs> right. to Patrick Ewing. I'm like, yeah. well, I don't know about that yet, but he's a great player. Um, I don't think the moves they've made, the Knicks that is, have put no. them past Milwaukee. The big real, you know, Philadelphia now with Embiid having his knee procedure, forget it. Miami is always that team that looms there. Because the you know they team. don't care. Like, they don't care. Is Spolster they... the best coach in the league? Um, Probably. I think so. It, it's just if you – they don't care if they have to play in the play-in tournament. They don't care if they're on the road in a game seven. So their regular season is kind of fast and loose for them because I don't think they feel like they need home, field, home court advantage at all. Go back to Doc. What will Doc bring to this team that would then, in your eyes, put them over the top? you got to hope that Giannis plays out of his mind. I, I got, I'm going to be honest. I don't yeah. know. I don't, don't you think that was the difference when you won with Budenholzer? It was yes. Giannis all of a sudden started to hit free throws. It was miraculous. Mm-hmm. And he changed that on the fly and, like, willed you, know, willed you guys to a title. I, I honestly think this is player-driven. I don't know if Doc's going to be the X factor here. I'm sorry to say. No, I, I 100% agree with you. Yeah. I look back at that team with Garnett and, and Ray Allen and the, the outside shooting ability they had and the drive that Garnett had to win a championship. Yeah. And as much as they, you know, Doc won the ring, it's like I don't think anybody was going to do anything to be detrimental to that team because you had motivated guys oh, that were yeah. there. You know, where I know Giannis has got a ring and I know he wants more, but I'm looking for that motivation. But Dame. I, yeah. He should be Dame. Right. He should also, right. I mean, this is legacy stuff for him. How many more years yes. is he going to play? Yes. And I go back years ago, and I always tell this story. I was sitting in a deli in Milwaukee with the great Rick Majerus. Cool. And Rick said to me, Bill, you always, and I pardon the language, but he said, you always got to have a bastard. You yeah. got to have somebody that's willing to do the dirty work that's going to pick everybody else up and energize them. And I keep going back to P.J. Tucker. And I ask now, who's that guy? Bobby Portis kind of at times can yeah. be that guy, but he's he's not he's not that same juncture. You know right. what I mean? So I don't think they have that. Yeah. And that's why I was hoping Jay Crowder was going to be that kind of twisting X factor, and they uh, haven't had it yet. It's, it's got to be honest. The, the, it, I mean, because Dame's not going to lead that way. Right. You know, Dame had a C.J. McCollum, I think, who was even more vocal than he was. You know, Dame will... Dame just his play speaks for itself. Giannis is the guy; he's everything. And so, can he get them to the title? I, I think absolutely. Who is the next level team in the NBA besides the Knicks that could even threaten the Celtics or the Bucks? Um, I mean, you, Cleveland. I, I, right? I, 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 I can't. Miami. Yeah, that's the one. That would be it. Because I just because I think Spolstra is just such a prodigy of what has been created down there. Yeah, with and, Pat Riley. And, and with Pat Riley, and it's so incredibly smart. Yeah, and, you know, Butler, I know it hasn't worked out great yet, but, do you, I mean, Terry Rozier was a really right. highly celebrated trade that they made. And they, you know, when Jimmy turns it on, it's a different yeah. level. But, again, you're not going to see that for a couple months. Out West, who you, who you like out West? Uh, I mean, man, is it, could this Oklahoma City thing could be kind of fun. Right? I mean, that would be pretty sweet. Uh, Minnesota, I, I'm not really a believer. 
I love Anthony Edwards. Yeah. He starred in a movie with my co-host, Andrew Perloff. <laughs> they were in Hustle yeah. together. Great. Uh, yeah. I, I, I don't I, know. I, I don't believe that. I don't believe if you're telling me you have to get through series after series after series that it's going to be the Timberwolves who are the last one yeah. standings. I don't. I don't. I know. love Jokic. I, I think what, what what he has done has taken what we thought was the ceiling for Giannis and then extended. He broke through that glass ceiling for yeah. everything he can do between inside outside shooting. He's just a better shooter, but he's a he's just a different presence. Giannis is a great presence. Yeah. But I think Giannis got to a certain level, and I want to see him now break go through that it. ceiling. He's got that next level he's got to go to. You're right. The one thing that it, that keeps me from the Nuggets, they're amazing, obviously, and you're right about Jokic, everything you said. Are teams going back-to-back anymore? I mean, I no. it's since the Warriors were doing it when they had added Kevin Durant yeah. and made an all-time team. Can the Warriors even be sustainable at this point? Oh, gosh, they're in a bad spot. Yeah, they're terrible right yeah, now. Yeah, I don't know what you do. You know, handling sort of the end of, well, Clay's career, and this yeah. is going to be kind of sad or unfortunate. He's yeah. made a lot of money and had a lot of success, so it's not sad. But handling the end of this era for the Warriors is it, it, very few teams land the plane kind of quote-unquote correctly yeah. on this. And I, I feel like Clay will probably be gone. They extended Draymond, so Draymond and Steph will be the last two, and then they'll keep building yeah. around those guys. and that's such – Draymond is such – you don't know what version of Draymond you're oh, going to get night in and night out. My, so. my theory, and this could end up being a cold take, so you, know, you can save this and you can make fun okay. of me about it. I think this is Kerr's last year. Do you really? I do, because – you know, I think Phil Jackson, one of his mentors, always thought there was a shelf life on how long he could coach a team. And mm-hmm. he talked about this in the Last Dance documentary. Now, again, he also played for Popovich, who's stayed forever right. and will stay forever. I think there's something about maybe going as far as you can. The front office has changed over a lot. I think this is Kerr's last year. Speaking of that, how good do you think Wembenyama is going to be? <laughs> we have a show bet uh, based on this because, well, again, my co-host called him Wembustyama. Does not <laughs> think he's going to be good. And said if Wemby wins Rookie of the Year, he will drive from New York to San Antonio just to personally apologize to Wemby really? for calling him okay. Wembustyama. And so we have a lot personally riding on the show. I will not be going on the road trip, by okay. the way. I'll be staying in New York. But – um. I think he's going to be great. Yeah. <laughs> he's not a complete basketball player yet. When I mean, you, you can look see... at his body, he reminds me of Giannis when he came into the league. Was Giannis that skinny? He I was, was trying to just, remember. He, he, not that skinny, yeah. but he was a rail. Yeah. Go back and look. He was a rail, man. And I remember because uh, Gian, Giannis wanted to go home. Oh. He didn't want to play. And he was homesick. homesick yeah. yeah, and John, John Hammond, God love that man. Yeah. Uh, he ended up becoming kind of the father figure to him, sitting in the hotel with him and taking him out to dinner and, and took his mind off of it. And then they started to create Giannis. <laughs> and it was, it was, it's an amazing story, but, but I, I look at women Yama the same way. I'm like, boy, if that guy puts muscle and gets into the same program that, cause you look at Giannis now and he's Adonis. Yeah, right. If women Yama becomes that, he will dominate the league. The crazy thing about Wembenyama, defensively, obviously, you know, blocking shots and all of that, I just don't understand offensively why is he so far away from the basket? And listen, because that's Greg, what he was able to do when he was young. I know, but Greg Greg Popovich knows more basketball right. than all of us combined. Right. And w- if we can see it, there's got to be a method to the madness I here, know. I guess. No, I agree. Great stuff. What else you got? You going? <laughs> what are you doing tonight? For God's sake! So we have a little something planned for today. Um, trying to do again Vegas theme things. Uh, I'm hoping we have time for it. We are both going to go to a pawn shop with $20. Yep. Okay. Who can come out with the better, more interesting thing for 20 bucks? 
So, as long as you buy it in the pawn shop and not on the street, just yeah, remember no, no, that. No, that's yes. that's all you're going to do. We're going to do, I think, media party tonight. Maybe travel around a little bit, and I don't know what uh, Vegas stuff we can get into tomorrow night. And that's maybe not left to our own devices would be a good thing. <laughs> so, yeah, good stuff. Yeah. All right. Thanks for coming by. Great talking to the NBA because it's a little bit of a deviation from what we're doing here all week. Bill, so, anytime. Awesome. Thank stuff. you for having me. Going to go ahead and have a quick break. We got more coming up after this. Ready. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Glad to have you. The Bill Michael Show. We are live. We are here in Las Vegas in the Media Center. Peter Bukowski, the Locked on Packers podcast, uh, joining us uh, here at the table. How you been, man? I know you, you You walk over and I'm like, sit down. Let's go. You know? Because we were going to have you on for like an hour, I guess, later in the week. But we'll do 10 minutes now. Well, we, uh, we'll, yeah. Then we'll, as, th- as much as you need. Some story will break and then we'll have you back I'll on. I'll be here so. at table 69. Yeah, Let's do it. There you go. How you been? I'm I'm good. This is this is just such a cool thing to be in Las Vegas. It's always cool to do radio row. It's always cool to see everybody. I was joking with with uh, producer Grant that it's like summer camp. You just see all right. your you just see all your friends again. Yep. Um. And and the the energy for Super Bowl is always great, and the energy in Las Vegas is always great. And so you put those two things together, it's like how can you go wrong? Right. Exactly. Um. Let me ask you. We we've talked about the Packers a lot, and I'm getting you know Brian Billick was over here a little earlier and talking about the amazement that he had for Jordan Love and what Matt Lafleur yeah. did. Uh, and I was talking with Mike Smith. Mike Smith said that when he first got Matt Ryan, he said Matt Ryan was kind of a junkie and already ahead of the game. He knew it. But what Matt Ryan did was go out and start indoctrinating himself to his wide receivers, running backs, offensive line. And I'm like, it sounds very familiar to a guy that is now playing football in Green Bay. Yeah. And he said it's something it's, you, you can't equate to wins and losses, but he said you know it, you feel it. Uh, do you get the sense that Jordan Love is now completely entrenched and indoctrinated as the leader, as the guy that uh, is ready to take the, the mantle? So what was interesting, Bill, is – before the season, you heard a lot from the players going, Jordan's our guy, Jordan's our guy, Jordan's our guy. Right. But they, they are supposed to say that, as Bears fans right. will we'll love to tell you. Right? right, exactly. But then, the middle of the season, things are getting hard. They're losing. Jordan's our guy, Jordan's our guy, Jordan's our guy. And then all of a sudden, he takes off, and you see how happy those guys, how happy, how much Rashawn Gary hypes him up, how much Aaron yeah. Jones hypes him up. Then it, it makes you sort of retroactively go back to August when you hear them saying Jordan's our guy. Yeah, and it seems different, doesn't it? Because it seems like they were always more in on Jordan Love. Remember that quote from Devondre Campbell? He's better. We've seen him. This was two years ago. We've seen him. He's better than a lot of guys who are starting right now. And guess what? He's better than a yeah. lot of guys who are starting right now. And last spring, you know, Aaron Rodgers is going. He's in. He's in New Jersey. He's doing the workouts. He's doing the stuff he never did in Green Bay or hasn't done in Green Bay in a long time. And what was Jordan Love doing? He was having his receivers out in California and working with him. And Aaron Jones said, I'm going to come out and I'm going to run routes with you. And so you're getting that leadership. Like Aaron Jones is a little bit the Pied Piper with this young group because he's the old guy at 29, 30, which mm-hmm. doesn't that make you feel right. nice? I know. <laughs> right. But 
I, I, it seems clear to me they're going to do that again. Jordan's going to have them out again, mm-hmm. and they all they all wanted to do that. They were all like, "Let's go!" Like, let and and they this young group they want to grow together. They see the upside here, um, and I think I, I think they're only going to get better together, which is a really cool place to be. What do you now need Jordan Love to do? Because to me, it was not only does he have to to be good his first year and to kind of prove it and get better over time. But what now do you want to see from Jordan Love to say you got to take it to this level? Because because now everybody's seen you, mm-hmm. everybody schemes for you, everybody knows your isms. You know now what do you want to see from him that's going to take it to that next? level? I want to see the the playmaking. We we've seen him. We saw him early in the year when the offense wasn't great. Take it into his own hands. Let me take off and run that long run against Detroit to seal the game, a fifty yard run or whatever it was. The long run against New Orleans um, when when they came back to win that one. The playmaking outside structure was a core part of his appeal as a prospect. And we did not see it consistently. Now, we could point to a couple examples, right? The Jaden Reed throw against Tampa Bay. Right. Unbelievable outside of structure throw. But he missed the one in New York. Could have mm-hmm. right, helped right. him win the game. And so when, it's, when he can't just go, I mean, I, I, I was so impressed with his ability to go one to two to three progressions in the course of the season. I thought we'd see him break the pocket more. They kind of didn't have to in the second half. Yeah. The offense just worked. Well, and I was going to mention this because we were watching uh, – what day did we arrive, Grant? Saturday? We were watching on Saturday. There's this compilation of all of Jordan Love's passes. And as I'm watching him complete pass after pass, it's two seconds. Yeah. It's drop back, boom, drop back, boom, drop back, boom. And he's delivering the ball into all these open windows – and it, it hits you when you see it go that fast. Like, this guy's just running the damn offense. Yeah. That's all he's doing. So as much credit as I give to him for just running the offense, you go, oh, that that's Matt LaFleur's offense. That's not what we have. And, and, and I, no degradation to Aaron Rodgers, but he was the matrix. It was, you know, notice the tug on my jersey, notice the tap on my helmet. You guys right. got to be on the same page with me. And what Jordan Love did was, I'll run the offense, and then I'm going to lower myself down to say, I need to bring everybody else up. We need to all talk. And then I keep saying, a high tide raises all ships. And when he did that, midseason things took off. And it, it, statistically, he was the top two or top yeah. quarterback in the National Football League yeah. for seven straight games. And the, the, the difference, I think, when you – have the guys around you where you feel confident they're going to be in the right places all the time. It's easier to just grip it and rip it. I think in the first half of the season, guys weren't in the right places. Right. Guys were not running the right routes. He didn't trust the offensive line to pick up stunts and twists and all that stuff as Rasheed Walker is getting acclimated. And you start to realize, oh, maybe we need to rotate John Runyon Jr. and Sean Ryan and those kinds of things. And then in the second half, to your point, running the offense part of it. And we, the, the quote from Nick Bosa I thought was so telling. About yeah, Aaron Rodgers is a you know multi-time MVP, yep. but there is value in running the offense. Jordan Love runs the offense, and of course in San Francisco they know the value of just yeah, running exactly. the offense. No one does a better job of of having an offense where you can just run it than Kyle Shanahan, and, and then Brock Purdy runs it at a, at an extremely high level. Jordan Love is so much more talented than Brock Purdy, so much more talented, and I, I think you, you, when you run the offense, that's where the next level of this is for Jordan, and he has the talent to do it. When you can't just go one to two to three, or they show you something that you didn't expect. That's why that touchdown to Jaden Reed against Minnesota was so cool. They, I don't know if they tricked him, but he wanted to go somewhere else with the ball and immediately got his eyes to the middle of the field and throws a laser off no feet mm-hmm. to, to, to Jaden Reed for the touchdown. And you're just like, wow. Like, that's not an outside structure play, 
but it's not where the ball is supposed to go technically. Right. But he knew they're rotating this way. It's not the look I thought, but I know right where my answers are. And Ben Fennell, um, who I had on Lockdown Packers today, actually, he always said Aaron Rodgers' best plays are from the pocket. And I think Jordan Love, his best plays are from the pocket, but that next thing, just once or twice a game, just make a play. Just go make mm-hmm. a play, Jordan. And he tried it at the end of the 49er game. It's why I'm, I'm never going to begrudge a guy for trying to go make a play. Um, make Turn those ones into the good ones. Mm-hmm. And, man, you get top five he quarterback. two or three of those this season. Atlanta, you, I think it was there was another one at home uh, where he had that throw it up. Right. And when you throw it up, you got to throw it up into man-to-man down the field, not into triple. Right. You know, and I, hopefully he learns from that. Uh, now, uh, real quick, what do the Packers need this offseason? I mean, if you had two or three uh, guys on your wish list or p- positions on your wish list, what is it? Safety. That's got to be the top yep. one. Um, I, I kind of like Darnell Savage in this defense, but more as a nickel, yeah. um, not as a not as a, a single high safety. I, I kind of like Jonathan Owens and Rudy Ford as strong safeties in this defense, um, but you need to add talent to that room, no question. And they're gonna they're gonna want to do a diff- lot of different things. They're gonna disguise looks in ways that 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 you know Joe Barry just didn't. Um, and then the other part of that, other part of the spine of the defense, linebacker. I mean, I just, Devondre Campbell. I know he was hurt for a lot of last year, but he was hurt for a lot of the year before that too. And so it's like, well, at a certain point, you just are what's on tape, and whether you're playing hurt or not, it, the le- the standard is just not there right now um, for for him. And so. I think you need to add a linebacker. I think Quay Walker, I like some of the stuff that he can do. He's got to take another step. Right. Uh, th- this team is in a really good position because there just aren't that many places they need to improve. It's depth. But, uh, st- like, what is what is the one place? Is there one or two spots where you go, if they take this guy in the first round, I think he's going to start? I think safety and linebacker, depending on what happens with Devondre Campbell, are the only places where you can really, truly say, yeah, no doubt if they draft this guy, he's expected to start week one. I, I loved what Goody had to say uh, as we are in a different cap situation, yeah. salary-wise, and, and no player, we are not in the conversation. Yeah. And that made me go, okay. Because this sound, and he said it in a verb, uh, in, in a version of confidence that he has never stated it before since taking over yeah. the Green Bay well, he's had it, he, he always goes back to COVID because that messed with the cap. So they're pushing things forward. And then all of a sudden, like the cap stops right. going up, and that that became problematic for them. And then they, they you know, things went south with Zadarius Smith. So now you got to eat all that money, and that becomes problematic too. You know, they can they can save a lot of money moving on from Devondre Campbell this year. Um, I would expect David Bakhtiari to be gone this year, and all of a sudden, now you've saved thirty five million dollars. Yeah, and now you're in a, in a good position financially. We're going to go ahead and get you out of here, and I know we'll probably talk later in the week, but thanks for swinging by, man. Of course. It's always fun. It's always good to have you, and uh, it's great uh, that you just drop by and say howdy, and uh, you know, maybe uh, Grant's probably trying to bump some money off of you, but that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. We've got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show live out here in Vegas. Right? Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Hey, Wayne, shopping for a new door? I sure am. This fiberglass door is really strong. We love ours. Do you need something more dependable? Yes, something that's durable, dent-resistant, knows how to take a hit, and is going to last for years. We're still talking about the door, right? Uh, Oh, yeah, right. Of course. Wayne Larrabee and Jeff Levering shopping together at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin? What could happen next? How about 0% interest for up to three years or no down payment, no interest, and no payments for up to 18 months? 
I'm Gina Della from Pella. This incredible offer from Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin is only available until February 29th. So hurry. We offer a wide range of window and door styles to perfectly match your home's unique design. Start customizing today with 0% interest for up to three years. Or no down payment, no interest, and no payments for up to 18 months. Only at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Visit PellaWI.com. Certain restrictions apply. See show for details on lines But uh, guys like uh, like Tom sitting here, Thomas uh, Dimitrov, uh, you know, he was a GM for the Falcons, and you've done so much in your career, man. How you doing? I'm good. I always enjoy talking with you. Like, I, we kind of reminisce at that age where yes. we are, right? Where we're we, both we're, the same age. I, 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 you look fantastic for your age. Me, I look like a catcher's mitt. We, <laughs> <laughs> look. There are times I woke up this morning. I'm thinking, my God, what did I do last night? Yeah. I didn't even. I didn't do what our buddy Eric Eager did. Right. He was playing cards and losing. Did he money. win last night? No, no. No, he didn't. Because he won a little bit the other night when he took my producer Grant out. I yeah. think they won like thirty-eight dollars. You know something? Very quick. I had never bet. I have never bet in my life because we used to be scared straight right. in the NFL. He takes me to the sports book the first time in my life the other night. That's not amazing. Fifty-seven first time right. ever because I was so afraid to, to gamble when I was a GM and, right. and in the league. We we bet a uh, half a game on uh, on the uh, Nuggets game. I win one hundred eighty dollars. I'm like, this is a pretty good life. First time ever. Uh, and he was looking at me like, you're fifty. But what I heard though is you went, I'm out. I'm done. Oh yeah, I'm no. taking one hundred eighty bucks and I'm gone. I was done, and I could only sit there for a half. He, right. He, he didn't want me sweating. So so let, let me ask you this: um, as a guy that spent a lot of time going old school with the clickers, new school with iPads, how do you find a guy like Jordan Love? That's a good point. I mean, Jordan Love, as you remember, when Jordan came out, uh, Jordan was obviously an athlete. Jordan had his, you know, there were, there, in our world, people were digging in, okay, where's the character, right? Where, when you look at a quarterback, you're not just looking at movement and all the strength. You're looking at that's such an important position to make sure you have the right character, the right leader. How is he going to deal with the ups and downs of it all? And coming out he had you know he had question marks on like where is he going to be that way how is he going to lead the team it's been really good he benefits so much from being in a program like the Packers who will do that with their with their guys for how many years was it three or four yeah three years behind Aaron Rodgers we saw that a lot of that is that the next way to do it for everyone so that a guy comes out like Jordan who maybe is not completely polished as you want but you give them some time, and then they start to excel. It was great to see what he did this year. When you're sitting there and, and looking at a team and saying, okay, i got to evaluate not only a guy, because you, you've, you've got a tremendous quarterback that's sitting there, but you know the future's coming, and you're going to have to do it. 
And the Packers went through such strife with Rodgers through that whole situation. Yeah. You and I have talked about yeah. this a yeah. couple of times. How, as a general manager, there's a business sense and there's a human sense. It's easy to talk about the human sense because you want to be the human guy. But there's a business side to this, and you have to look at that. How, how Can you put yourself in Brian Gutekunst's shoe and say how difficult that whole thing must have been? Oh, my God. I was thinking about Goody. I was just saying, like, that's not, you know, arguably one of the best quarterbacks to play in our game. I don't know your stance on it, but I mean. No, I think he is. Yeah. Technically, he's the best quarterback yeah. I've ever seen. Unbelievable, right? I mean. Absolutely. Yeah. And, I, and I agree with you. So I was pretty outspoken last year, like. It's time to leave Green Bay. I get it when they were going through the whole thing. And I was lauding Joe Douglas, and I was pushing Joe, like, yeah. no, completely go and do that. Get an opportunity to have a guy like that in your program. Start anew. You don't have to deal with some of the old old stuff that they were dealing with right. and Brian was dealing with. You know, that's very complicated. I had Matt Ryan. Matt didn't say um, – I shouldn't say didn't say boo because he was a tough-ass Philly guy. But he was a guy that was not going to ever push back. In, in you know yeah. to, he he was very mindful. I'm not you know Aaron obviously there. That's a complicated scene. You have to navigate that with your coach, with your fan base, with your team. Like, and you're trying to do the right thing. That is one of the most complicated things I think he'll ever do as a general manager in the league. We we as personnel men, and I would say this about Goody because Brian was known as that. He was a really good football guy, traveling around for years and years. Mm-hmm. We're not worried about making the call on a player. Or even putting money down. We're talking about things like that. For me, it was the incessant tug on my time. It drove me bonkers. I, yeah. We were talking about time. People are always in your, your yeah. space. You can't think straight sometimes. That's complicated. And then you face a situation like that that almost is no win mm-hmm. from the standpoint of the fan base. Not that you're worried too much as a, as a GM about fan base. But in your situation there in Green Bay, that's very different than just the average NFL organization. Yeah. Tough, tough, tough situation, I'm sure. Do you ever want to go back into football? Do you want to be a GM again? I, I think about it. I love what I'm doing right now in a, in a startup. And you're with Sumer Sports, yeah, by Sumer the way. Sports, so, yeah. okay, yeah. let's, be, let's yeah. be clear because Eric Eager was here sure. yesterday, yeah. and that's what you got into in the analytics yeah. and, and the offshoots of pro football focus yeah. and what they started. So I want to make sure we get that clear. Well, so, so interestingly enough, when I decided to not go back into going to some of my contemporaries out there and who wanted to hire me as an, a consultant or an AGM, yeah. I have to tell you this, and this isn't arrogant. You get it because of age. At 50, well, it was at 54, mm-hmm. I'm not interested in going to a place as an AGM. I put 13 years in right. as a GM and 30 in the league. If I go back, I would go back in something that I was going to have, and again, that I was going to have keys to the kingdom. I'm not going back to be you know, a third in an organization, more than likely. Right. I, I want to go back, if I ever did it, I want to go back to try to put together a Super Bowl team. That said, I miss that. I miss the competitive. There is nothing like winning that NFC championship and going to the Super Bowl. Now we, we peed down our leg, man. It was yeah. a tough thing. And which can lead into Kyle Shannon. I think he's one of the best coaches. This is a huge game for him to win. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No, so. I agree. I, I completely agree with that. Yeah. Uh, when you, like, this kind, of, uh, this kind of time as a general manager, you're not usually doing this. You're evaluating the talent that's coming out of the Senior Bowl. You're evaluating right. the talent that's getting ready for the Combine, which is upcoming in just a couple of weeks. Yeah. We can hardly believe that. And you're trying to figure out the holes in the salary that you have on your football team and who you have to cut and create more holes. I mean, it's this right now is kind of like where you make your bones, right? No question. This is a, this is a, and you start juxtaposing your, your what's available in free agency with where it in the draft. And we were just talking about it at another place here. You start slotting all that. That's a big thing right now, right? To be able to say, 
let's do these two positions in the draft. These two are, are prevalent in free agency, and we can get them at a good value. And you map out your entire – it's called scenario building, mm-hmm. which, by the way, Sumer Sports, we're really interested in taking scenario building to a much more academic level, and that's what we're providing these teams. Yeah. Because as general managers, to your point, we are scenario building like crazy. And I would get there, Arthur Blank would come in, and I'd say, here are our scenarios. And I think I told you last year, I would come to the table with like 10. Sumer Sports can come to the table with – millions because yeah. of the algorithms right. whether you believe in data or not sure there there's there's availability of of unbelievable data out there the uh, i want to talk to you about that because uh you mentioned arthur blank i remember when we went to the super bowl down there when they first opened mercedes stadium uh somebody comes over and taps me on the shoulder and starts asking me how i like the stadium and the city and what i could what i would do to make it better it was arthur blank wow and he wanted it didn't want to talk about his team didn't want to talk just wanted to know what we thought as media members that were visiting media members. Give me your thoughts of Arthur Blank. So that is Arthur Blank, right? I mean, I he fired me, but right. he also brought me in and kept me for 13 years in the, as a general manager in this league, which is a long time. I have the utmost respect for him. Uh, I'm at so many levels, right? Mm-hmm. He's, he's a soulful, soulful person who cares about what he did with you. Like, that's a big thing for yeah. him. Cares about his employees. Yeah, he's competitive. After two years, if you're not winning, I get that. And, and yeah. I laud that. If we didn't pick Matt Ryan back then, I was talking to Maggie and Perloff, I'm like, I would have been out the door in two years. Like yeah. when people are telling me you should have traded back, the analytic people are saying, I was talking with Eric Eager, and he said, no, well, you know, we're telling you to trade back. I said, if I didn't draft Matt Ryan at three, Mike Smith and I never, we wouldn't have gotten right. out of the gate. Right. So Arthur Blank wants to win. Arthur Blank wants to do what's best. He's, he's the, um, interestingly enough, he's on the, I think he's a chair of the, DEI committee. So he's very aware of things at 82. Mm-hmm. The guy wants to win a Super Bowl. Right. That's why, in the end, I thought Bill Belichick was going there. I, I put up on my board every day 90 10, 90 10. He's coming. As a gen- Let me ask you that because, as a general manager, this is Bill Belichick wants his people, his staff, his, he wants to control. So, as a general manager, you're interviewing this guy and you know he wants your job. He wants nothing to do with you. So And he's only going to be there, say, three or four years. Because once he gets Shula's record and if he builds a team that can actually win, you know eventually he's going to say, okay, I'm 75, 76, 77, I'm out. You know? sure. You're looking for a guy to be there 10 years, have success. You know, how difficult is that interview process looking at a guy like Bill Pelichick sitting there? Well, I mean, you know, Terry Fontenot, who, who took over after I left, he's three years in, so he's still very young in the, in the, in the chair, right? Right. He's in there. There's other internal people in the building. The cap guy, for instance, the, the big-time marketing guy, presidents that are in there. Rich McKay, who they mentioned, Rich, head of competition right. committee. There's a lot of that. That's a, that. That is a big deal, of course. And you're right. But I think it comes down to an owner in that situation. Do we structure for great or are we structuring for good? And that's a conversation that you have to answer. He's going to have to come here and answer to the fan base, right? Yeah. Why, why Raheem? Raheem is a very good football coach. Raheem gets a second chance. I would say this, aside from, from Arthur Blank, I am floored that Bill Belichick isn't in a coaching job this year because I think, and I'm not being, I don't mean to be like exaggerative about this, never will this ownership group or this GM group have an opportunity to take a man of this guy's stature, Bill Belichick's stature, who arguably behind Vince Lombardi and yes. maybe Paul Brown yeah. is the best ever. Those guys don't come available, Bill, right? Those guys end up being retiring in the team that they were with. Right. 
I just, I'll, I'm, I'm just, I'm floored. As I'm yeah. floored, quite honestly, Mike Vrabel doesn't have a job right now. Yeah. Yep. I, they're waving yep. at me. You got to go. I know you got to get out of here. Man, it's always great talking always to you. Always great. Uh, to we'll it. drink or yep. bet or whatever later. Let's on. do it. Okay. Let's do it. All right, buddy. You got it. We'll Thanks, talk to you soon. There Bye. you go. Thomas Dimitrov uh, joining us for a couple of minutes here at the table. He's got to run. We kept him a little bit longer than expected, but that's okay. I, I mean, I know it happens every now and then, and we, we're so glad he came over and said hello to us. Great stuff from Thomas Dimitrov, former general manager of the Atlanta Falcons. Great to get him on the program. Going to go ahead and take a quick break. Stay tuned. We got more right after the- This is the Bill Michael Show. On the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back to the program. I got to tell you, I uh, you get really busy out here in Vegas, and uh, I, I love I love you guys. I really do, guys, girls. It, uh, <laughs> so I've got my headset on and I can hear myself. So when we go to break and I can't hear myself, I know the mic's off and I'm sitting here, I'm talking to Erica and Grant's over here and I've got Kristen text me. People are over on the live stream and I, I, I appreciate it. Cause I know I, I didn't, you kind of don't realize you're on a mic, but you do. And uh, my buddy in Cincinnati is watching, Scotty. So, Scotty, I, I think he's working today. He's back there. And he texts me and says, hey, just so you know, you got a hot mic right now, so don't go around telling anybody they're a effing mess or something like that uh, during the uh, commercial break. Uh, realize where you're at. And I appreciate it. Everybody's telling me that, hey, we can hear you. And uh, <laughs> you know, just an FYI. So, good stuff. Uh, man, you talk about a fast two hours uh, that we got off to today. Holy mackerel. Between Thomas Dimitrov, the former, uh, well, you got Brian Billick, Mike Smith, Peter Bukowski, the Locked On Packers podcast, Thomas Dimitrov, uh, Maggie Gray coming over and joining us for a couple of minutes as well. I mean, it's been uh, a fast and furious first couple of hours. We haven't even got to Nick Lowry yet, who's going to be joining us uh, coming up here in a little while. Going to be talking a little gambling a little bit later on today in the, uh, the final hour of the program as well. So we're going to talk uh, to one of our Vegas aficionados, which I, I, I'm so looking forward to in all of this kind of stuff. So i uh, got that going on. Uh, who else do we have coming up today? Do you have it sitting in front of you, Erica? Erica's checking. She's I, we, We're just loaded. Uh, Solomon Wolcott is coming on today. He's going to be here in just a little bit, so we'll be talking with Solomon. I'm looking forward to him. It's always a, kind of a... A uh, Cincinnati uh, reunion. Whenever I get a chance to talk to Solomon, you know he's played with the Bengals and ended up playing a year with the uh, the Vikings, as a matter of fact, and then got into the NFL and broadcasting. And uh, st- I don't know if he still resides back in Cincinnati, but I know he worked for uh, was it WLW? I think uh, WWT back there, the TV station for back, uh, back there for a while. So uh, and now he does some stuff over in the UK, and uh, he was with Sirius XM doing the Moving the Chains on the NFL Network for a while. So. We'll talk with him coming up uh, in a little bit. So uh, we got all that uh, today. And uh, by the way, uh, speaking of all the stuff going on today, i got to say thanks uh, to our friends who uh, every year support us big time, our friend Gino and the gang over at Calderon Club in San Giorgio Pizzeria in the Polietana. They are at 838 Old World 3rd Street. If you're in the state of Wisconsin, maybe you're coming into town. Maybe you just want to come and see a Bucks game or a Marquette game or anything else going on Summerfest-wise. Uh, our friends at Calderon Club downtown, right across the street from the Hyatt Hotel. The best Italian food on both sides, whatever it is. If you want to go authentic, Napolitana Pizzeria, 
they have it. If you want to go next door to Calderon Club and just get great Italian food, whether it's spaghetti and meatballs, the chicken marsala, the Bill Michaels you can ask for with the sausage uh, and the penny pasta, which is just awesome, and they've got great bruschetta. And uh, the eggplant, that is a, an appetizer that every time I take friends there, I buy it for them and say this will change your life, and everybody agrees. It's just that fantastic. Thanks to Gino and the staff down at Calderon Club and uh, for supporting the program for as long as they have and uh, being a part of it and bringing us out here. So uh, we get, we can't do it without a lot of our great sponsors. I heard from John Atley today from the Water Doctors, who's paying attention to the program with us being out here. Thanks to our friends uh, over there at the Sunset Grill on Pewaukee Lake. Uh, Stoley's Hog Alley. I mentioned Gino, uh, JNL Tire Service. Our friends from Great Lakes Dragway, the oldest operating uh, drag track in the world. And I can go on and on and on. We'll, we'll continue to mention them throughout the day, but good, good stuff. So we're going to talk with Solomon Wilcox coming up here in just a little bit. We'll get into that. And uh, and then uh, we've got two more hours of this yet to go. Uh, we, we're All kinds of people coming over. We're going to be talking later on. I think it's later this week, right? Neil Smith is going to join us. Uh, Neil Smith tomorrow. Neil Smith, that, that dude's big, played for the Kansas City Chiefs, and uh, he is going to join us uh, coming up tomorrow on the program. Uh, still working to make sure we solidify Gronk to come on the program on Friday, and you start to go through the list of the people that we're going to get, and it's uh, a lot of A-listers, and uh, we, we appreciate everybody. So we're going to be doing that all throughout the week, and we'll continue to update the list of people that we have as well. Two hours down, two hours yet to go. So don't go anywhere. Do you prefer me to leave the microphone on? during the commercial break <laughs> so, so everybody can hear stick around we got a lot more of the bill michael show live we're in vegas we'll be back right after this